Big Zim Day Show. How you doing this evening? Yes, this evening. I I should have probably recorded this directly after the game, but in my mind, I was like, you know what? Let the let the dust settle. Zim, clear your thoughts. Get the information. Know what you're saying before you tell these people what you you know you know like what you're observing. In fact, I went back and watched the game. So the game that we're talking about. <laughs> Is the Pittsburgh Steelers at Cincinnati a game that was right in the palm of the Cincinnati Bengals' hands um, this past Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium at 1 p.m.? Um, that game is is a head scratcher on so many different instances. But one thing I don't scratch my head on is referees. That's what I want to start at. A lot of people go directly to the end of the game. They want to go right into like the the last memorable thing that you see, but I I don't work that way, and my brain functions throughout the whole entire game as I'm talking to you guys on the live stream. Once again, thank you for everybody that came to the live stream. Thank you for listening to this tonight too. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, uh, as I'm watching the game, I'm I'm jotting down notes in my mental brain, in my mental capacity, what little bit I have left. And I, and I start to kind of like remember different plays, different drops, um, different things throughout the course of the game that, that give me information and more insight towards just the end of the game. So if we're going to go right into the end of the game or referees or whatever, we're going to go to the controversial play at the very end of the game where Tony McRae, ironically, the guy that was out there in 2015 um, in, the, in, the, in the game where we lost, um, in heartbreak fashion as well um, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, January 9th. I'll never forget that day. Um, in that same game, in this game, he failed to switch off um, on his assignment with Antonio Brown. I put a, a breakdown on it on if you go look on Zim versus Snoo Jr. That's Zim underscore versus Snoo Jr., um, that's my other page, kind of like a backup, and it's just like a Pittsburgh versus Bengals page too that I get to have fun and I'm super immature with. Um, on there though, uh, Andrew Hawkins has a great breakdown on the play. If you get some time, check it out. Okay, that game, that play is a big deal, and ultimately, yeah, like you know, it's a lot going on. It, was it a legal pick? Yes, it was. D- does that play happen every week in the NFL? Yes, it absolutely does. Does it happen at the very end of the game to decide the fate of the game? Nah, not every week, but it does happen a lot and probably more than you think. One thing that I want to challenge all Bengals fans to do moving forward from this day forth is when you finish watching our game at 1 o'clock, 4 p.m., whatever time, make sure you check out other games just to give you insight on other teams' defenses, uh, other teams' offense, just getting more insight and different things that refs are calling. Every single week, everybody's getting hosed. Every single week. Whoever has the ball last generally is the person that's going to reap the benefits of it because the offense in 2018 is the king 
of the NFL. The NFL wants the exciting finishes. The referees are somewhat skewed. You cannot touch the quarterback. You cannot touch the wide receiver on his route. You cannot impede his progress. You cannot hold him. You cannot do any of these things, and they absolutely will call that penalty a hundred times, as we saw in Drake Kirkpatrick. None of that stuff leads me to believe that that was the reason that we lost the game. I'm not that guy that's going to blame injuries. You're not going to hear me talk about injuries on this podcast. You're not going to hear me talk about referees taking our our game and everything like that. That's not who I am, and I've never been that. If someone came out and a referee said, yeah, I absolutely was paid to do this, then you can get me on board. I am not a conspiracy theorist. I'm sorry. Um, I do believe that the NFL does favor offense and they do favor points and they do want to see certain franchises win games. You got me there. I believe that. But that game was there for the taking. Um in that in that uh, penalty at the end of the game, cool. Let's say they let's say that they did call that play. Do you think with 30 what was left? 28 seconds. Do you think that Ben Roethlisberger wouldn't have just thrown another pass to Juju, wouldn't have done something else, and Boswell, who has never missed a kick at Paul Brown Stadium, I don't care what kind of year he's had, do you honestly think that if you back them up 5 or 15 yards, that they would just fall out and not score? Like, all they needed was a field goal to win, so... I, I just I just don't even see that. like to me that passing the, the the illegal pick play or whatever like that's not even in my mindset but I, I always get input from everybody and I want to hear what everyone's thinking a lot of people go to that place so that's the only reason why I'm addressing it whether they call that or not Pittsburgh was going to win that game as soon as they got the ball and that leads me to the, my next thing the biggest point that everybody's missing from that sequence at all is the same thing that I always argue to anybody who wants to reference the 2015 Bengals playoff game is that the play should have never even happened the series should have never even happened and the reason why the series should have never happened is because with three minutes and 20 something seconds left Dalton has the ball he goes down the field like he's on a like he's like there's 30 seconds left. If you were watching that game with me on the live stream, I kept on saying, man, it's a lot of time left. And you would have thought that this was, um, you know, like like they were down and they, and they had to score and there was 30 seconds left in the whole thing. And that wasn't the case. It, it, and, and that's not an Andy Dalton thing. That's a that's a group thing. That's a laser Marvin group thing where everybody has to have communication everybody needs to talk about what's going on how do we manage the clock what are the plays that we're calling are we going to the middle of the field are we trying to get out of the bounds at what point pittsburgh's got three timeouts can we get them to burn those timeouts can we get those pocket can we get those uh, timeouts out of their hand um uh, if if you fall in bounds aj green i mean if you catch a a ball in, in in bounds stay in bounds don't go out. You know what I'm saying? Like, those conversations are to be had. Joe Mixon, when you run the ball and you and they're letting you score or whatever, you might want to think about the possibility of even maybe going down at the one. Because, and, and, and that's crazy, and that's very extreme. Um, it's just a natural inclination. If a guy's got a ball, end zone's right there, you're going to run in. But I'll tell you what. I like my chances with 30 seconds left, 40 seconds left. I've got the ball, and... Let me move this a little bit. I like my chances. I've got the ball. I'm backed up. And 
I got 40 seconds left, and I'm pretty much making it so I score, and they have to throw a daggone Hail Mary to get down, you know, to their side of the field. I don't want to give them a minute and some change in the NFL. And the reason why I said I challenge Bengals fans to watch other games is that the offense, seven times out of ten, a minute and some change left with a future Hall of Fame quarterback is going down the field to score and win the game. Boswell's going to kick it. And so everybody's, like, killing the defense. And it's so, so, I, I'm not going to say insurmountable, but, like, it's such a hard task for defense in this day and age to stop that unless you have, like, a turnover or something like that because the refs are just against you. Um, the Bengals have to know that. In that drive, there and all those snaps, 26 seconds left, Dalton snapping the ball. Um, uh, another one, he's snapping the ball, 17 seconds. And I'm telling everybody in the live stream, I'm saying, why is he snapping it so early? They, There's no way that the Pittsburgh could get that ball back from me. And they still got all their timeouts in all that time. It's almost like they let it happen a little bit. Just because they feel better with their chances with the ball going down a minute and some change, dinking and dunking their way down the field. Turns out they didn't even have to dink and dunk their way down the field. They made a couple big plays and then boom. Um, so everybody's killing Austin. And I just want you to just go around the league and watch some of those games, man. Like, just watch them. Nobody's defense is lit. The most lit defense probably right now, you would probably argue, say, maybe the Jaguars and the Bears. They absolutely were killed this past week. You want to know why? Because your best defense is your offense. If your offense is on the field and the other team's offense can't get on the field, that is the best defense in 2018. There are no more steel curtains. There are no Tampa Bay Gruden teams coming out of that daggone um, tunnel. It just doesn't happen that way anymore. It's too many injuries. Uh, the 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 rules are just set up to get to the you know you know to this point where offense pretty much controls their own fate. Will they make a mistake or will they just go and dink and dunk their way down the field and go and win the game? Um, which which leads me to my next point. Throughout the course of the game, it's a guy named Joe Mixon. I don't know if Marvin and those guys know about him. I know he just came off the arthroscopic uh, knee surgery. He said he felt good. He looked good. He averaged 5.8 yards a carry, and they failed to give him the ball. Why would you do that to us? I'm screaming at the TV. I'm wondering, why is Walton out there on all of these snaps? Do you know that Walton played 20-something snaps? Joe Mixon had 11 carries in a game that was close, a game that was not a shootout, that you need to control the clock. When I go back on this game, I looked at third quarter, right, especially because the Bengals only had four yards of offense. So that goes back to my point that I've been saying all along. Your best defense is your offense. It's not a, it's not on Terrell Austin that the defense is gassed and they're out there every single point in the game. There are some things that Austin has done that aren't good that we will highlight a little bit later. But the main point that I want to uh, stress to people is there are no elite defenses. And this notion that people are just running people off the field with their defense, it just doesn't happen. You have unicorn games like the Ravens just had this past Sunday with 11 sacks. That's a that's a unicorn. That's not going to happen. They didn't do that when they played us. They generally aren't lit that. Like, they're, they're, they're not that lit. When we played them, we put 28 in their face and made them eat it in like 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? So they're not that lit. They're not elite. 
this notion that you could just run people off the field like that, it doesn't happen. What you need to do is control the clock. Some games that get out of hand, you go down two scores, yeah, there, there will be no mixing running the ball. This particular game, though, you had ample opportunities to control the game and seize the day, carpe diem, get Joe Mixon the ball, get him some carries. There is no way that he could come into that game and they say, if we don't go down by 10 points or more, there's no way that Joe Mixon can't have 22 carries. 22 is my number for carries. My number for touches would be 26 to 27. Touches, period. You know what I'm saying? He is your second best player on your offense. Arguably, maybe your best. You know, A.J. Green ain't getting no younger. As much as I love him, he ain't getting no younger. So, arguably, your best player on, on the whole entire team gets 11 carries, has a touchdown, has like 80 yards off of that, and you don't want to get in the ball. Connor ends up with 111, and he's nowhere near a Joe Mixon, doesn't have any elusiveness whatsoever, north and south runner with a really, really good offensive line. Um, Mixon is your defense. I want to coin that phrase right now. Mixon is your defense. I just thought of that. Mixon is your defense. Y'all want to talk about Terrell Austin? No. Joe Mixon is your defense. Do you understand that concept? If I'm on the field and your offense is not on the field, that's my defense. The other thing that I want to point out to everybody is there are always a lot of Ross haters. I think the Ross haters are mainly just people that wanted to draft somebody else, right? And and it's this notion that you want to be right. You want to be able to tell your friends, like I told you so. You know how many people DM me on a weekly basis and say, ah, I don't trust Ross. Ah, he gave up on a route. Ah, Ross sucks, right? Those same people were the same people that were excited as hell in preseason when Ross went off and he did that play uh, against Vontae Davis and it was crazy, and you got to finally see, like, what we were all talking about. And it's this crazy thing where it's just, like, people want to be right more than win. I've talked so much trash about Dalton in the history of my Zimhude fandom, and before y'all even knew me, I was a Dalton fan, right? And even in some of those moments, I talked trash because I'm leaving a bar pissed, thinking, like, damn, how did we let that one slip through our hands? At no point in, ever in my fandom... No point have I ever let anything like fantasy football or uh, me being right over other people. There's nothing in my body that would ever make me want to root for against somebody that plays for the Cincinnati Bengals just so I could tell people I'm right. You got this large group of people that want to root against John Ross and say, oh, he's injury prone. Oh, he's too small when he's really not even that small. Um just to say, like, ah, oh, we should have had Reuben Foster. Ah, oh, we should have had something. I saw Reuben Foster get killed last night on a couple pass plays where they're targeting him in coverage. Nobody's perfect. There is no perfect pick. This is the NFL. People get hurt all the time. It is what it is. You could question his mental. You could do all this stuff like that, whatever. But the point that I'm trying to make is you cannot ever go against the grain if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan just to prove to your friends that you would have made the, the right draft pick. I would have. Uh, I wanted Baker Mayfield really bad. I wanted um, man the draft so far behind me. There's a lot of guys that you all know just that I wanted. You know what I'm saying? The Isaiah wins, Will Hernandez, and uh, all these guys that are just super lit, right? There are a lot of guys that I wanted, but I don't sit here and say, "Oh, Dag, like um, 
uh, Malik Jefferson is trash because we should have drafted da 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 da. No, like the front office made a decision. They drafted the guy. He's a Bengal. That is my guy. He is Hootay Nation. I'm with it. Let's get it. Let's win. The reason I'm bringing that up for the most part is because Ross was so much needed yesterday. When I watched that, I, wa- I went back and watched the game twice. They're doing the same thing. And Kansas City is going to do the same thing coming up on um, uh, primetime football coming up this week. They're shading over top of A.J. Green. Watch every single A.J. Green catch or drop. The coverage is tight. You got the safety shading over top of him the whole entire game. Corner is right there trying to keep up with him. And you got a linebacker underneath in case they want to go into the slot. All game. No respect to none of them other dudes like Cody Core, who is a bum, who couldn't catch a cold if I sneezed in his face and made boogers drip down his nostrils. That guy is so garbage, and he's been garbage, and I've been told him, but I still will root for Cody Core if he made a big play. See how that works? But the reason I'm saying that is because Ross spread out the field. Eifert also, oh my God, Eifert would have killed him yesterday. Um, I'm not going to harp on that, but that was greatly needed. The space, the separation, that was the one of the main things that was needed at this game um, this past Sunday. In case you, you don't know, this is the Zim Hude podcast. Um, I do live streams on Sundays. Um, I also write for Locked On Bangles. Check that out as well. Um, I do a lot of other cool stuff. I'm Zim underscore Hude on Instagram. Um, but Ross and Eifer were definitely needed. Um, on, on this past week because the plays that were there to be made, a lot of those drops and stuff like that, I just feel like those are situations that Ross and Eifert would have probably been there. Would they win the game off of that? Who knows? I don't know. Our Achilles heel is always the Steelers. But the main thing that I think that lost us the game was not Terrell Austin. Although Terrell Austin, um, the one thing I do want to talk about with him is he's got to figure out a way you don't draft Malik Jefferson third round and don't figure out something to plan with. You're not getting anything from Nickerson. You're not getting anything from Jordan Evans, right? Nick Vigil goes down. He's got a sprained MCL. He's out for a month. Sean Williams is out with a concussion. You absolutely got no pass. You got no pass rush, no pressures. Uh, the Bengals, I think, were credited with one hit on the quarterback the whole entire game. Um and, and your best pass rusher, Carl Lawson, you can't figure out a way for him to get on the field. I don't care if they beat him in coverage. I don't care if they called him out of position on runs. Get some pressure on Ben. He looks so comfortable. Like, I, I started to go out there and ask any of my friends if they had pillows that they could actually lay out on the ground for him because it was going to be a soft landing for him anytime it, if he tripped, sneezed, or fell or anything. That was probably the most comfortable game that Ben Roethlisberger has ever had as an NFL, like, Period. In a game where the Ravens sack a guy 11 times, we failed to touch a guy more than once. That's crazy. Um, but Austin's got to figure out a way to, to, to do a couple things. He's got to get Lawson on the field. That's number one. Number two, he's got to see what Malik Jefferson's got. He's got to give us something from that position because the linebackers right now are hurt. Burfitt came back. I, there are four great impact plays he had in the run. He also had the near interception on the one play. I'm not mad at Burfitt's game. Everybody's pointing to the fact that he got trucked by McDonald. Anybody caught out of position can get trucked. These dudes are like 260, 280 running at you. Uh, Mc, uh, McDonald's like 260 running a 4'6", 
running at you full steam. If you aren't squared up and ready for that contact, you will get trucked. Absolutely. Um, but perfect. I mean, he's getting back into shape. You know, you, that is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't even really want to get into the perfect stuff because the perfect stuff to me is just is silly at this point. It's super silly. You're looking at like a guy who's making the same plays that every single person play makes every single week in the NFL, and I'm exhausted. I really am. I'm so tired of talking about like him to people that aren't Bengals fans. I'm so tired of taking up for him. I'm so tired of all of that stuff. It's just really silly to me. Like it almost feels like a stupid game that I'm just watching. Um like a uh, loving hip hop type like it's rehearsed or something like it's so staged. Like he knows that he's got a target on his back, but he's still doing stupid stuff like uh Connor scores a touchdown or whatever and he's standing over top of him. What was that? Like, you know they got a target over your back. Like, don't be stupid. Uh, you see Antonio Brown, you throw an extra shoulder into him when you know your two guys already tackled him. Um, stuff like yelling Juju your necks and stuff like that that I've been reading in reports and stuff. I just think uh, Steelers are just super soft and salty and, and weak, and they'll do anything in their power to get a bangle off of the team when it's one person less that they got to worry about, and they're laying for that. Because the NFL, although y'all don't notice, like, there are players that I know. There are players that I'm in contact with on an everyday basis, on a weekly basis, right? One thing you can't do, and I don't know if this is street code, this is my code, this is the way I live, is you got to handle certain things man-to-man, mano-a-mano. If you got a problem with Burfitt, um, like, some of these guys are coming out. I'm not even going to name those dudes' names, but you see it. Just go look at the Steelers page and stuff. You got a problem with a player, right? You take it directly to that boy. Like, you take it directly to that man. You got to talk directly to him. If you're so big and bad and you're saying, oh, he's going to hurt me, whatever, and you feel like he's a threat to your family, right? You feel like, oh, Burfick could hurt me, and then that would make me lose checks, right? You got to tell Burfick that to your fa- to his face. Y'all got to have an understanding. And if that don't work out where he's on the same page as you, then fight. That's where I'm from. That's what we do. I I want to smoke like and and maybe I'm a you know I don't feel like that's immature. That's a respect thing. We all in here trying to get paid and we're all playing for our families. And y'all go and do interviews and go talk to uh, the media about stuff that y'all can handle to a grown man straight to his face. Oh yeah yeah he's he's I thought the hit was real nasty. Antonio Brown saying that and uh. Uh, I don't know why this guy's selling the league. Pretty much like you're saying, you want to get this guy out of the league. The guy's got a daughter. He's trying to pay people. Let the league handle that. You ain't no judge. You're not God. And you're not lit for doing that. That makes you lame where I'm from. You can't come around my way snitching like that. Like, you can't go on TV. You can't go on the radio. You can't do any of that stuff snitching on your fellow player. Like, that, that's a guy that you all work just as hard to get in there. You might hate Burfitt to death, but I'm going to tell you like this. If I ever had something bad to say and I ever could see Antonio Brown straight up and I don't even play in the NFL, I'm not going to go run to social media and say, man, I would love to fight Antonio Brown. If I saw Antonio Brown, I'd tell him straight to his face like, dude, you are a twerker and you twerk and I think you lame, but you are an amazing wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? It'd be fun and games. And if you take it the wrong way, it is what it is. I don't care. You know, that's how I rock. And that's how I, that's how I live my life. 
And that's the way that players should be handling this when they start talking about other players. And I just think that's really lame. The Distillers continuously do that over and over again. Um, I want to do, I do want to talk about that though, from the Steelers offensive line. I made this comment on that Snoo, uh, it's Zim underscore versus Snoo Jr. That's my other Instagram page. I made the comment too. Um, and I caught a little bit of backlash, but not much, um, where people were saying, uh, well, I said, if we had the Steelers offensive line, we would win a Super Bowl this year. If we had the Steelers offensive line, we would win the Super Bowl this year. And it's a fact. The same thing that I was telling you earlier in this podcast is that you have to control the clock. You have to take it to them. You have to be in full control. This is a relationship. You have to tell that woman, hey, this is what we're going to do today. And you're going to play and we're going to dance the way that I want to dance. If you don't want to dance, then you got to get out this kitchen, baby, because it's hot in here. And that's what every man has to do at some point in a relationship, whether you're a submissive man or whatever. You can have whatever type of relationship with you want, uh, with your woman that you want. But at some point, you got to be able to take it to her and let her know, like, hey, this is what this is what I think is going to go. And this is the way that I want to do this today. Are you going to dance the way I dance? Because the Bengals currently right now go to a party and they just watch everybody dance and try to emulate their moves. They never, ever come up with their own dance moves. They go to the Steelers and write. The difference between this year and any other year is that we always respond, right? But we're responding to what the Steelers do instead of dictating the pace, dictating the plays, dictating how we're going to do this. The offensive line of the Steelers will absolutely dominate a clock. They could score. The Steelers, if they didn't have Antonio Brown and Juju making big, big plays, like say Antonio Brown leaves or Juju's gone and all these, you know, whoever's gone or Le'Veon's gone, right? They could run Connor back there 40 times a game and win most of their games 17 to 10 every week just off the sheer point of them having a the ball. If Belichick, if, if he had that line, they would never lose a football game. Like I'm not overselling that offensive line. This dude is almost 40 years old. Bigger than anybody that we currently know. Doesn't really have a, 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 a real regiment in the gym. And is actively playing in the National Football League with a belly. And he's behind the offensive line like that championships are made with. So when people used to, like a week or two ago, and they said Steelers are over. I said, no, they are not. As long as that they have a full healthy offensive line. There's not too many teams in the NFL that have their starting five. Like, ready to rock and roll every week. Them dudes are ready. They're rocking. And they damn sure rolled us. No one got no pressure on Ben. The holes that Connor was running through were the size of an entry door to the goddamn Palladium. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, it's so simple. I always told people, if Le'Veon Bell didn't play for him, it doesn't matter. You could plug in anybody that can have any type of history. You know, you know how these guys come out of a small college and... And might run a 4-6. But as long as they're running hard and you're behind that line, doesn't matter if you want to be patient behind that line, you want to go full speed, they will create those goddamn holes. And they damn sure did that on Sunday. Um, on, on arguably our best position group, our defensive line, they absolutely destroyed them. Um, 
that's that's the main thing that I wanted to say. The main thing that I was telling on Instagram too was that I feel like the game was lost ultimately for for this one reason. The Steelers took it to us and we never took it to them. When we came back the third quarter, Marvin Lewis had opportunities. Uh, uh, Erickson runs back to kick. Great field position. Three three and out, right? Fourth and one on their side of the field. There were three fourth, and, uh, three fourth downs in shorts that Marvin punted, and we were on their side of the field. He only gained 26 or 28 yards or something on any of those kicks, just punting it. And in a game like that, a 28-yard pass to Juju would happen in the blink of an eye. So what did you really gain? You had the chance to carp ADM and seize the moment on so many daggone opportunities, and you failed to do that. So when people start talking about the end of the game and all these different things or whatever, all I'm doing is saying we had all these opportunities to win it, and we didn't win it. He's scared to win the game. He's scared. He's always been scared to win. And he's scared to lose. He rather the win just come like, oh, well, I played it. You know, I'm just playing on my fundamentals and I did this right. And we came back and if you stick to it and, you know, just do your job, you know. But sometimes your stars got to do that job for a lot of people. And sometimes you got to take things in life into your own hands and make sure you push the issue. And Marvin did not do that. And that's one of the reasons why we were so upset in the offseason. Bengals fans, don't forget who you're dealing with. The big, the biggest, biggest point out of this whole thing that I think is so messed up is that that was the best game that Andy Dalton has ever played against the Steelers. Do you realize that? And he lost based on a, on a coach's uh, unwillingness to be assertive. Go watch the Eagles. Like, you know, like watch Doug Peterson. Like, them fourth downs, he would have went for all three of them. He would have probably made two out of three, maybe three out of three. But that's the difference in the game. You want to see how we lost? That's the difference. All the different things that I said throughout this whole game, I mean, throughout this podcast, um, they, those are small, easy corrections. Get mixing some more carries. Get Lawson on the field. Um, make sure you control the clock. Uh, you know, like all these different things like that. Um Make sure William Jackson stays on their best wide receiver. Like, simple stuff like that, you could correct it and you could do something. But if your head coach is is scared to lose, I mean, he's scared to win. He's afraid of, like, losing and having to answer those questions at the press conference on, like, why did you go for it on fourth down? You know, like, you got that guy, that's your leader, you're doomed. Moving forward, coming up this week, We've got the red-hot Kansas City Chiefs. And I say red-hot because they just dropped 40 bomb on the Patriots. The defense is good. I like our defense, right? I'm going to keep this short as possible. Ultimately, everything that I said before the game and after the game is the same thing. Mixing is your defense. Mixing is your defense. I said it before the game, feed that guy. If you go down losing and, they, and, they, and you go down a couple scores, of course you can't just do it. But your only hope to beat Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and, 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 um, and Hunt and the gang and all and, and Sammy Watkins and all these weapons and Kelsey is going to absolutely destroy is to keep him off the field. That's the only way that you can beat the Chiefs. 
You cannot go into a shootout with them guys. You cannot. People ask me, what it, you know, do you like your chances? You, I do not. I do not like my chances based on what I just saw this past Sunday. I'm usually a little bit more optimistic. I do not like our chances because if they're failing to give Mixon the ball and he's averaging eight yards a carry in the first half and 5.8 for a whole entire game, and they start to panic and Lazer's like, oh, we got a pass, we got a pass. Andy, if you if you want to check into a pass, just get into a pass. If they're doing that crap on prime time in Kansas City, they're going to beat the brakes off of us. They put up 40 on the Pats, and they put up 40 on everybody they played. They were going to beat the absolute tar off of us. <sighs> Mixon's got to control the clock, and that's the only answer. When this game came, when the schedule came out, you already had this pegged as an L anyway. So don't even trip. We can win, but don't even trip if they blow us out because you knew what it was. All right, this is already the longest podcast I've ever recorded. It was just a lot, you know, I was kind of holding in. But I I want, I really wanted to do this. I'm going to go through these as quick as possible. My man, Egg Foo Young. Egg, E-G-G-F-O-O-Y-U-N-G underscore who they. If we are really in these next two seasons, then why haven't we acquired a big name? Simple. Your owner's cheap. He already went over budget when he went and got um uh, Preston Brown. He's already over budget when they signed uh, Eifert. You're not going to get any big names. Um, after seeing what I just saw this past Sunday, I go get Des Bryant. You know, at this point, he's uh, what would he really want? Um, next question. Let me go. Uh, Greg Jr. Five with Nick Vigil out of month. Will Vincent Ray finally play more? I believe so. Um, that was the you know I saw Ray get in probably I think it was 32 snaps I think I counted I gotta go back on my notes but he played a good amount um in favor of um going over Nick Nickerson and um and Evans um I do think that they they are going to absolutely sign another linebacker coming up this week who that linebacker is I don't know but they have to sign another linebacker at this point. Um, how can the Bengals secondary defend Tyreek or even slow him down and stop the Chiefs offense? Money mixing, feed on the ball. You cannot stop Tyreek Hill. There's nothing you could do. I will put William Jackson on him directly the whole entire game. Don't know how uh, William Jackson is, but I don't like that. Um, but, oh, I'm sorry. That was M.Othman24. My bro. Um... Ayo, it's Lojo. Why did we lose the game? Just listen to this podcast. Pretty much Marvin Lewis for the most part. Um, Bengals center. I always see him. He's a cool guy. What do we do about Terrell Austin and why his defense uh, isn't working right now? We're 4-2. Defense is cool. Go watch his games around the league. The defense is fine. They're just on the field way too much. Um... It made in the 90s. What's up, bro? Is Bill Lazor utilizing the offense right? I'm not mad at Bill Lazor. Like, I feel like, you know, all these games, like, points are being scored. If The name of the game for me is scoring 24, 28 a game, and you can pretty much win 9 to 10 games in the NFL, period. Average over 4.2 yards a carry, you're going to win 8, 9 games automatic. I'm not mad at Lazor. I'm just mad at the clock management um, going into the end of the game. Um... Uh, made in the 90s. And when, how will they use Auden Tate? I don't think that they're going to call him up. I don't know why. 
But based on what I just saw from Cody Core, why not? Um, but the way you use him, you use him like a tight end has in, in 2018. The reason why I said this or whatever, it's not from a blocking standpoint in a generic tight end answer. Tight ends like Kelsey, tight ends like uh, McDonald were lined up in the slot the whole entire game. It's no different with Auden Tate. And he would be amazing on those short third down ones and also those, those end zone, red zone opportunities i love his ability to just go up and get it and he will always get single covers especially with tyler boyd going crazy and aj green going crazy shout out to tyler boyd he's balling out um dan j horn why didn't we go for a fourth and one i don't know marvin's a pussy um Bengals at central biggest need through six weeks uh whew, that's a good question Bengals at central biggest need through six weeks a coach with heart, a big heart, a big passion to win, a coach that won't go to sleep feeling good about himself after a loss like that. Um, why are most people ignoring all the drop passes and blaming area everybody else for the life? That is life of Cox that said that. Pause. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, like, I've watched a bunch of Steelers games throughout the years. They drop a lot of passes and then they win the games like when it matters at the end. So when you win, you don't really remember like a lot of those type of players. I really don't have an answer, a good answer for that. But when you're dropping passes and you win a game, nobody gives a sh- a, a, a flying s. Um, but when you lose, everything's magnified. That's my answer. Um. Do you see us making so this guy named Chris is C H H H H H H R I Chris? Do you see us making trades specifically for a tight end or linebacker? No, I see us signing a linebacker, veteran linebacker. It's not going to be one good in coverage because they aren't out there. I'll tell you that right now off the break. Um, tight end, I don't, uh, they already signed Matt Lingle, so that's your tight end right there. Uh, let me do one more thoughts on trading for Pat Peterson, Whitney, uh, man, I'm sorry, Whitey eight underscore. You might want to rethink that name. Uh, thoughts on trading for Pat Peterson. Uh, they won't handle that contract. He makes like the same money. Drake Kirkpatrick makes, uh, I do think that they, they could cut ties with Drake Kirkpatrick at the end of this year and they wouldn't feel any, any type of way about it. Um, but with that owner, I just don't see it happening. I think he's getting between eight and eleven million. Like, uh, whenever money's involved with this team, I just don't just believe in it. Um, so B Garcia, in terms of playoffs, what is going to be the deciding factor for this team moving forward? How well they are able to use mixing, how well they are able to um make the easy plays, and how well they're able to adapt and let their stars win the game. Trying to keep this podcast under 40 minutes, but I want to answer your questions. If I don't answer it on this podcast, I'm going to try to answer it on my page. Um, how will Geno Atkins, so West underscore West underscore 11, how will Geno Atkins and their D-line be able to shut down Pat uh, Pat Mahomes in their running game? They will not. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. They're going to probably get way more pressure on them than what they did this past week, but you can't stop those guys. I'm sorry. Um... What type of goat food? Randy underscore Staller. What type of goat food you always eating? Uh, tonight I just ate a steak. <laughs> it was pretty good too. Um, I'm trying to like 
I'm not trying to bulk up, but, you know, I'm doing the protein thing and whatever, you know. All right, one more question. This is the last one. Um, uh, Biff the Hammer, what's the total amount of money of rent saved by Tomlin living for free in Marvin's head? I'm not going to answer that one. Hold on, let me get a real one. Uh, G underscore Neron, N-E-R-O-N-E. What is the defense lacking fundamentals? The defense is lacking... I feel like the defense is failing to communicate in a lot of these different situations. It's not blown coverages, but it's just a technique things like going inside and outside of a, a wide receiver, uh, just positions before the ball snap. So like on a play, like the Ben play to Antonio Brown, at the end of the game, uh, McRae, uh, Tony McRae is on the outside. He's got to go inside on that when he does that switch. So it's a communication thing William Jackson's got to be able to talk to him and get that stuff straight. Um, when they saw that that was lined up like that and you knew you had a zero blitz, you should have called timeout. I don't know. The, uh, the players should have just, you know, I don't know. It's so easy to say this stuff after the fact. You know, maybe the coaches are thinking like, oh, well, uh, when McRae, when the ball snap, he'll adjust. So you don't really know, like, what's going on. But um, it's a lot of that. And it's, it's mainly it's just not the it's the stars not being stars. When Dunlap and the stars or the players that, that are – the, the most meaningful make the plays the big plays the fundamental recoveries the interceptions and stuff those are the games you win when they don't make those plays and your stars aren't stars you don't win the uh the 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 Steelers star was a star at the end of the game and he won when Juju had to make the catch over Denard that took Denard out the game their star was being a star and it's not complicated from a very very young uh little league type uh a, I mean, not to AAU, but, you know, like, Boys and Girls Club, your stars are the players that make the plays. And I don't know where in the NFL from fans it just got lost in the sauce that the stars just are the re- – they get paid more because they just are a lot better. And it's not really rocket science. Like, you can have a very fundamentally sound team and everybody play really, really well. But at some point, somebody's got to make a play. Make the plays. Will they make the plays in prime time coming up? Tune in next week on this <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. I couldn't help myself. All right, man. This is the longest podcast of all time from a Zim Hude podcast. I hope you guys listen to it because I think we had some really good stuff. I did that one take. No edits. No stops. I am lit. That is like a freestyle, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, dog, that's like if I went to the studio, recorded a song right now, and I didn't make any errors. Like, there were errors in there, but it doesn't even matter because they weren't even, like, blatantly, like, errors. So I didn't have to correct anything. If that don't make me a go to this podcast stuff right now, I don't know what it is because your favorite podcaster dude probably punches in and punches out. I just went 42 minutes straight. (laughs) No water. No nothing, just straight recorder. I love y'all, man. Keep on sticking with me. We're going to win this year. We're going to do this. We're going to playoffs for sure. Can we get that playoff game? Can we go further? I need to see a little bit more. Who they? My boy.
like my rap style. 